Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West, and we are far, far removed, Glenn, from those daily podcasts talking coaching changes. And now we get ready to move into spring football. I know we're all excited. The weather around Baton Rouge has just been peak performance for baseball weather and baseball's uh, been a been a fun ride to cover the first two weeks of the season but go we get ready for spring football man first off before we dive into today's topic where we're going to be talking maybe one or two questions that we have you know heading into spring football how excited are you ready to kind of see what this 2024 version of the tigers look like uh i'm super pumped because i i do think this is going to be a year where you you see kind of what what that next step is for the program. You know, we've seen mm. kind of these first couple of years, what I think a good floor for this team can be, you know, a nine yeah. win team, a 10 win team that gets into bowl games. I think that's a, a good floor, but I don't think we've reached the ceiling yet. And I think you kind of have to think that year three, you know, you've got, yes, you've made a bunch of coaching changes. You brought in again, you know, 20, you know, 30 new players uh, to, the, to the program to kind of uh, indoctrinate into to what you want to do. Um, but I think the the foundation is there. And I think that's something yeah. that and just listening to what Brian Kelly's talked about uh, a, a little bit over the last couple of weeks and some some interviews that he's done. Um, he, he feels good about where the standards are at, where the where the uh, where, where the you know foundation is at this program. And now it's just about building on what you built these last couple of years. And uh, I think logically the next step for everyone and including those who cover the team and fans outside of the team, just uh, can they get into the the college football playoff here? And I think with 12 teams now with that expansion uh, passing through here, uh, I think that is absolutely the the goal or the baseline goal that you should have for this team. Uh, There's a lot of question marks and we're going to get into a couple of them here today, but I think when you look at it here, this is kind of the – I think this these are the standards that you want to kind of set going forward. Yeah, and a precursor to all this, Glenn and I are going to tackle maybe one or two questions, but Glenn's going to be fleshing out a piece later today. I'm recording this on Wednesday. It's going to come out Thursday morning. Uh, really kind of a really thorough questions, uh, you know, for each uh, – if I'm not mistaken, Glenn, each position group that you're going each to kind of roll with. Group. Yep. Yeah, so this is kind of a teaser. This is kind of a teaser. If you're catching this and you hadn't read it already, make sure you head over to Go247. Great chance for you to get a subscription and uh, read some of the great content. So, Glenn, you mentioned, and I did an episode probably in late January, middle of January, with one of our national guys, Brad Crawford, and just the national perspective. Like, the expectation has to be make the 12-team playoff. Um, 
look, I mean, to expect to win the SEC every single year, you'd love it. SEC just got a lot harder. That's going to be pretty difficult to navigate. But when you look at the goals, I agree with you. Kelly's made the staff changes. Spring ball is going to get us a chance. We're not going to see, you know, I don't know if we're going to walk out of there saying, here's the scheme. This is what they're going to do. But I'm more intrigued to kind of watch how these players have, you know, interact with the coaches. What's that like? You know, what's the relationship? Some teaching moments that, you know, you see throughout the courses of spring and in fall camp. So all those things are going to be great storylines to watch. But let's get to the meat of the conversation here. Your big question that you're going to highlight on today's pod, something that you're watching for, and one of those things that you maybe a fan would like to see kind of fleshed out when LSU leaves spring football here in 2024. So I, I you could go a number of different positions here. Um, I think you have to start on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you could look at the interior D-line depth. That will be a part of the piece uh, on Thursday. You could look in the secondary and just kind of – all the pieces that they have back there that they're going to have to to mix and match together to find the right combinations. Um, but for me, and look, this was just kind of perfect timing. I was thinking about this for a couple of days as we were kind of flushing out this pod. Uh, and what wouldn't you know, Wilson Alexander, the advocate, comes out and writes a big old story on it with his uh, interview with Brian Kelly. And uh, that's how they utilize Harold Perkins this year. Um, we we yeah. saw flashes last year of – the player that Harold can be, um, I think he made some really big strides as a cover player uh, as the season wore on uh, in that Sam Will linebacker role, kind of that hybrid role that they ended up settling on uh, with him for most of the 2023 season. Um, but it looks like now they're going to go back to the inside linebacker thing. And mm. uh, I think there's uh, some some good, some good confidence that this go around can be a little bit different uh, when you look at just all the factors here that are playing into this. I think having Blake Baker on board, guy who has proven time and time again that he can coach linebackers at an elite level. You saw what he did for Damone Clark back in 2021. Damone, I remember that season, talked so much about the impact that Blake Baker had in his development uh, from a film watching perspective from just understanding what the defense or, or what offenses are doing and how you can best go about diagnosing and, and attacking a opposing offense as a middle linebacker. Uh, and you saw him take immense steps that season. I think he finished with mm -hmm. somewhere around 135 tackles and 15 and a half tackles for loss um, and, and really kind of made himself into an NFL player that is now a big time contributor on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you yeah. look at what Blake Baker did the last couple of years uh, with Tyron Harper over at Missouri um, that's a, that's another guy that I think you're going to see uh, in the NFL playing on Sundays here in the next couple months. We'll see where he kind of goes in the draft. He's another guy, though, over the last couple of years. Baker has really uh, kind of molded into a really stellar in, in, uh, inside linebacker. And, you know, he's got some really gaudy stats that he's he's put up at Missouri. Um, and, and so I think that if you can do that with Clark, you can do that with a guy like Hopper. Man, the, the the ceiling is massive on what uh, what Baker I think could potentially do with Harold Perkins this year. Yeah, um, you know, just 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 I I think that that's going to be such a huge huge question for LSU um, because when you have some of those question marks on the interior defensive line on in the secondary, you just want to have a guy that's going to be able to bust bust plays and bust uh, you know offenses open. 
and in the middle of the field and kind of taking over uh, that role. I think Harold has that potential in him. It did not go well mm-hmm. last year. You know, we, we, we can preface that by saying they went one game with it in, in the Florida State matchup uh, after spending an entire offseason trying to teach him the position, uh, and they bolted on it very, very quickly. And yeah. uh, I think when you listen to what Brian Kelly was telling Wilson uh, in his piece earlier, I think it was a combination of things. I think it was a combination of Harold maybe not being quite ready uh, for that role. I think it was a combination of the coaching staff um, – maybe not getting him ready for that uh, role either. Uh, it sounded like there was you know, a lot of blame to go around last year on kind of how south that went uh, early in the season with in, in, inside linebacker. I don't think you're going to have that problem with Blake Baker. I think he's a, a really phenomenal teacher, developer of talent, uh, somebody that can relate to players. And he's a guy that recruited Perkins for a whole year uh, leading up yeah. to when he signed I mean I know that he wasn't on the staff when Perkins officially signed with LSU but LSU was recruiting him long before he signed and uh, Baker was a a big big part of that I think in those recruiting conversations in the year leading up to Perkins signing day so I think there's Mm -hmm. some relationships there I think there's uh, an opportunity for uh, both of those guys to get in the lab and really I think the thing that you saw with Harold last year is he just didn't have a very good understanding of what he was supposed to be doing out there. And I don't think you're going to get that with Blake Baker. I think there's going to be a real set uh, instruction here, of just development and understanding and trying to figure out um, why things maybe went south last year and why they can be better this year. Uh, so that's going to be a huge question mark for me going into this offseason or going into this spring over the next five weeks. I think you're going to see him a lot with Blake Baker. They, those two should be attached at the hip. How they factor in what Whit Weeks and Greg Penn can do uh, to kind of help out with the linebackers' duties as well um, is going to be very interesting to see how they kind of mix those three in. Do they go with more three linebacker sets? Do they uh, yeah. do they do they stick with just the two inside linebackers, which is what they did for a lot of last year? Uh, do they have some kind of rotation or combination of those three? Um, be very interesting to see because we do know that Blake Baker wants to run an attacking style defense, um, and and there's there's no greater attacker I think in the, in college football than than and then Harold Perkins. Uh, there's no more. Uh, and I think the, the the kind of the development that he has this offseason will allow him to maybe not be so hesitant this next coming year. Uh, once once fall once fall kickoff here and against uh, against USC in Las Vegas. So uh, can you get him to be more aggressive? Can you get him to be a player that's not reacting so much and more just mm-hmm. kind of you know, knows what he's going to do, knows where the ball's going to go? see ball get ball from that position uh and and continue to develop as a, as a cover guy and also somebody that can get in uh to the backfield and make some stuff happen as well i think that he can be one of the most dynamic players in college football if lsu gets this right yeah i like what you said with question marks i mean look you could go anyway with this on the defense i mean it's no secret there's some questions about who's going to play uh what guys are going to step up having something and it I mean, now that I look back at it, outside when Makai Wingo went down last year, Glenn, you really didn't have – it's like, okay, at least we have this. Like, we know that this spot on the defense is going to be taken care of. When Wingo was out, you know, the last four or five games last year, because of the uncertainty and the uncomfortability, I mean, you had Harold Perkins essentially playing like nickel at times last year. I mean, it was just absolutely crazy. If they can settle on that, 
it does feel like maybe some of the dominoes can start to fall at other places because now guys yeah. know their role. Uh, they're not in a flux. They know what they're going to do, regardless if you play just two linebackers or three. Uh, you know, it also opens up some for some opportunities on the edge too. I don't want to yeah. get too far into it. I know you're going to talk about that, but it, it opens opportunities on the edge where some guys can step up and make an impact as well. Well, I also think here that you know when you look at kind of the scheme. Uh, uh, Baker ran a four-two-five, I think, for for most of last year, a four-three mm-hmm. kind of kind of deal. Um, but I think when you look at kind of the the lack of depth on the interior D line, does it make sense for LSU to toy with some more three down linemen sets, uh, which would allow for LSU to have a third linebacker on the field? Uh, yeah. what, do you see LSU maybe going Jack linebacker? Uh, nose tackle then defensive end and then having a th- uh, you know a three star you know three star monster back there at linebacker with Penn Weeks and Perkins all back there kind of uh trying to make different things happen I-, I think those are some of the things you can maybe explore this spring and look if you don't like it if you don't like the the the, that, the look of that formation then you can certainly go back to what you I think always plan to do, which is kind of some form of a four, three or four, two, five, whatever it is. Um, But yeah, I just, I think the, just where, you know, just the fact that they've settled on, okay, this is where we're going to put Perkins, you know, they're not going to be toying with him a lot this off season. They know where they want him. Now it's just about teaching him and developing him. Uh, And I think it could have a good adverse, uh, you know, effect on guys like Whit Weeks. I mean, like we saw Whit Weeks last year, what was the big strength of Whit Weeks? He was a big athlete. He was able to get into the opponent's backfield and make some plays happen on the outside. I thought he was actually a, a pretty quick reactionary uh, player in coverage too. Like maybe he's somebody that can take over what Perkins was doing last year and kind of be a Sam slash Will uh, maybe kind of hybrid linebacker that can also uh, make some things happen in the middle of the field. I, I think he's a guy that can go sideline to sideline and really kind of make some plays for you. Um, you know, they, hmm. he's he, like Perkins, you know, he's in the 215, 220 range. I'm sure they're trying to get him beefed up a little bit more this offseason now that he's had a second full offseason with the program. We'll be interested to see what he looks like um, in, in spring practice next week if he looks a little bulkier. But um, I, I do think that now that they have a, a set role for Perkins, now that they know that they want him an inside linebacker, they can really lean into that and I think build the defense around that um, because – like I said, if, if they get this right with Perkins this offseason and he's the player that many of us think he can be, um, that, that 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 will negate, I think, a lot of the questions or at least some of the questions that you have at other positions because he can be a, 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 you know, just a, a dominating force and a guy that can yeah. kind of bust plays open, bust series, make game-changing plays. And I think the closer you have him to the line of scrimmage, the closer that you have him in the middle of the action – the more plays he's going to be able to make. And I think that's kind of the ideal goal that LSU would like to have with him this offseason. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's a really, really good point. 
we'll move on to to my question here. One a piece, and then like I said, Glenn's going to have a full fledged piece uh, later on Thursday. You know, talking about a, a position or a position by position. Glenn, you know, when I look offensively, um, you know, offensive line I feel good about. I, I wrote about it earlier this week. I mean, is there a case for a backup center? Could Cohen Eccles challenge for that? Okay, you know, DJ Chester feels like the guy, whatever. Running back, obviously, you know, over the past month, there's been, you know, maybe some question marks there uh, that are completely 110% valid. Quarterback you feel good about. You know, tight end, you've got some depth. Uh, Camorian Pimpton's, you know – his involvement is going to be really interesting for me to watch in spring ball because kids, you know, look, kids transfer like a year and a half. Like that's like, so, you know, is, is he, does he feel like he's going to get involved even with trade as green coming on campus, you know, in the summer, all that you to say, teach, you can't teach six, five two forty either. I mean, you cannot. And Glenn guy. is still waiting for that yeah. ROI, that return on investment of that. He said, he said, in Balkan, he goes, that kid's going to make a big play, uh, yeah. man, it, gosh, it never happened, but I did believe you. I did believe you. Yeah. I sit with receivers, Glenn, because, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of the of the movie Moneyball, okay? The ma- movie Moneyball where, they're, where they essentially say, we can't replace the name. Like, we can't replace what we lost. We have to find a way to replace the production. Look, I, I don't know, guys, if you're going to be able to replace in 2024 the name Malik Neighbors, the, the name Brian Thomas Jr. Now, other guys can make a jump. That's that's two first-round receivers <laughs> that, you're, that you're losing. Did they find a way to replace the production? Now, look, obviously, you know the, the names. Kyron Lacey comes back. I think that was huge for continuity in this room. Aaron Anderson, can he take a step? Uh, Chris Hilton, this is a guy who just feels like he oozes potential. Um, I think that injury at Ole Miss on the last play of the game really kind of hampered maybe what could have happened for him during the meat of that season last year as well. They bring in the transfer, Xavion Thomas, and obviously the young man from Liberty, his uh, name is escaping me, C.J. Daniels. You have options, and then Glenn, you get down to these all these second year receivers that are going to be here. It it's not for a lack of names. I am very interested to watch because it's going to help a quarterback that look. I know LSU fans are excited. I think Garrett Nussmeyer is one of the top returning quarterbacks in the SEC. I think LSU's quarterback situation is one of the better ones in the conference. That being said, this is a guy who is doing all of this stuff for the first time. How can you make life easy on him? You have elite receivers. You have guys that can make plays. Uh, you allow him to be maybe a point guard early on as he gets more comfortable playing week in, week out in this new SEC. So the development of these guys over the spring, I'm really excited because we know what Cortez Hankton is. We know the the value that he brings to this team. Can a guy like Kyron Lacey establish himself early on in the spring? Like, I think that is going to be a massive storyline to watch because, yes, you have talented guys like Thomas and Daniels coming in. That's great. But Kyron Lacey has been here. He's been in the program. He's watched and learned from some really, really good receivers. It feels like, and, and the staff may may not say this, maybe they will, it feels like it's his time. This is this is his opportunity now to take up and step up in, the, in this leadership role. Chris Hilton, for me, we know Chris Hilton can be a vertical threat, Glenn. Does he become a more polished route runner and a more of a complete receiver? I feel like we saw bits and pieces of that last season. He said that he wanted to be that. That's going to be something that I watch out of this room. And then you kind of go down the line. I wrote about this, you know, uh, on Sunday. You know, a name like Shelton Sampson Jr., a couple other of these receivers, Kyle Parker, like in a pivotal year two, which in college football may be more important than any other year determining if you're going to stay where you are or not. Do you take advantage of an opportunity, or do you feel like it's maybe passed you by already? This is a fast-moving world. Uh, talent accumulation is constantly going. So 
I think that there are tons of mouths to feed in this wide receiver room. For me, I'm just going to be really watching who stands out early on. Do one of these young guys really make a you know push here in the spring to say, hey, coach, I can be a part of this. You can rely on me in those big moments. Or do these veterans, does it kind of continue where it went last year where it wasn't that these freshmen weren't good enough. It's just that the veteran talent that LSU had at the top of the depth chart was just that good. Does that happen again? I mean, is it going to be a top heavy in terms of production, not talent, in terms of production? So that's something I'm really interested to watch. want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's it's a great question because I do think that there's um, – I, I think that the, the way that Nussmeyer is, uh, is as a player, as a thrower, he's going to want to spread the ball around. And I think that True. Joe Sloan is somebody that notices that. Um, you saw it in the bowl game there. I think he threw to eight or nine different thrower, uh, different receivers uh, in, the, in the win over Wisconsin. And a lot of those guys had multiple catches. I mean, this is going to be – I think this is this can be a pass heavy offense, and you're going to see um, you're you're not going to have when they when when Nussmeyer goes back to throw, he's throwing. You know, last year with Jaden, you know he <laughs> he goes back to throw. He could also dart for 25 yards, 80 yards in some cases for touchdowns. Nussmeyer, yeah. he's going to go back to throw. He's throwing that thing, and I think that's just going to open up a lot of opportunities for guys. And you mentioned one guy on there, I. I We've been knocking his name now for a couple of years, waiting for him to maybe get healthy, waiting for him to kind of have that breakout offseason. I, I look at a guy like Silton, and I think this is going to be yeah. a massive offseason for him. Um, we, we saw it a little bit in the bowl practices. You definitely saw it in the bowl game. I think he will, he looked like a different receiver towards the end of last year, and it was kind of after going a, a, a good bit of the season without really seeing much of him. I mean, he yeah. had some opportunities early in the year last in 2023, but as they really leaned into the Malik neighbors, Brian Thomas experiment, they're really, or not experiment, but in, in the gauntlet, those two were, <laughs> they, they, there was, wasn't a whole lot of options or opportunities left for, for the other receivers on the roster. And so you kind of, I mean, you had Kyron Lacey come in there with some big plays down the stretch of the season, but really after that, you didn't really get much, uh, I think, from from a lot of these guys. And so you saw, I think what you saw in the bowl game was Chris Hilton really step up and make, he made, I think, three catches for 56 yards. The touchdown catch in particular that he had, the 14-yard touchdown, I wrote this kind of a predictions piece that I'm doing for, you know, offense and defense and my prediction for uh, for 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 Chris Hilton on offense is that he's going to have a breakout offseason. I just I think that he has the footwork, and now I think he's starting to blend the physicality uh, and the with with his speed and and the footwork. I, I just I think that he's due for a really really big offseason. And um, yeah. you know I, I, we've thought this for a couple off seasons now that maybe that this was his time. Did it maybe pass him up? I don't think it's passed him up. I think that he has every opportunity here to go in next to Lacey and Daniels and Thomas and, and be a real, real contributor there. Cause you know, people might forget, I think I'm pretty sure he came in with Garrett Nussmeyer. Like they, those two were in the same recruiting class. I think he's one of the final receiver left uh, from that class. I believe it was also the Brian Thomas class. It was the Jack Besh class. It was Hilton. Uh, and then Nussmeyer was the quarterback of that group, I believe. So those guys have known each other for a long time. Uh, they've, you know, They've both been kind of team third teamers the last couple of years. So, you know, they've gotten a lot of reps together over the years as yeah. well. Uh, and just talking with a few folks around the program, um, 
he's been putting in a ton of work. I mean, he was one of the guys that was up at five in the morning with Jaden Daniels every week uh, or every morning going over film and, and studying. And he was really attached to the hip with Daniels and a bunch of those other guys that were really trying to step up their game. And everything that I've heard, he's been on the drugs machine every day. He's getting bigger. Uh, he's healthy. Um, I, I just I, I think he's one of the guys that, that could really, really surprise some people this offseason after maybe, you know, some some might be thinking that he kind of maybe his time has been passed by. I don't believe that. I think he's going to be yeah. one of the guys to really watch. Um, and so I know I'm sorry. I, I got into a long diatribe there about Chris Hilton, but, uh, <laughs> but it's I, I true. Just, it's true. I think, yeah. I think he's just one of one example of a guy of many that you, you kind of threw out there that could really kind of step up into the forefront this year. And you mentioned Shelton Sampson. I think he's another name. Kyle Parker is another name. Um, but, you know, I think I, I, I like where LSU's at with kind of their depth at receiver. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be an offense where they're going to spread the ball around. I don't think you're going to see the two lopsided, you know, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns in Thomas's case. I, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a spread spread out offense in terms of statistics by the end of the year. And I think that Chris Hilton can be a major benefactor of that. I want to add Mason Taylor into that conversation too, yeah. because Taylor had a promising freshman year, uh, battled injuries, you know, sophomore season. And then, like you said, I don't think it's an indictment on the talent that is there on this offense. It's just that Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas were that good. And you yeah. got and, and if it kind of became a, a point of, we're going to feed them until you stop it. Like, like we're just going to keep doing it. And look, not many teams this level or the NFL are equipped to stop two stud receivers like LSU had this past season. So really, really good stuff there on the receivers. And then Glenn talking about Harold Perkins as well. You can catch a full piece, though, over on our website. Go 24-7. Glenn's going to be highlighting that fantastic stuff uh, coming there from uh, from Mr. West that you want to uh, – that you want to check out. Glenn, I just called you Mr. West. Is that like, do people refer to that as your father? Like, have you ever been referred to that? I've or never is been that, is referred that... to Mr. West. I'm always, you know, <laughs> kind of the, the, the funny joke that we go with in the family is that I'm 6'10", but they've always called me Little Glenn. So they keep calling me Little Glenn, even though I'm the, the tallest in the family by a, a wide margin. So, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what I go by. Hey, well, that's exciting. Hey, it's also exciting to baseball in full swing. The weather has been great. Offense, you know, Jay Johnson wants it to pick up. Big weekend series over in Houston. They're going to be playing Rice on Wednesday night. They played Rice on Wednesday night. Texas, um, UL Lafayette, and then obviously Texas State over the weekend. Stay tuned. And then, Glenn, we might be talking about some NIT basketball, you know, in in the next in the next month or so. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I did want to say this. I said this on the recruiting pod yesterday, and Glenn and, and Sonny got on to me. Glenn, he said it's okay to be a fan. Okay, I, I'm a fan of Matt McMahon. I like I like what he does. I like his mentality. It's hard to not root for a guy like him when you look back 365 days ago to be in the spot that LSU men's basketball is right now, it's I think it's a, a job well done by that staff and a job well done by this roster to really buy into what he wants. And, uh, man, it, it is made for an up-and-down roller coaster, but some really special moments here in year two. So before we get out of here, one, are, are you excited to see what this team can do down the stretch? Yeah, I am. I mean, look, there's some up and down with this team. Um, you know, look, the, the, the win over Georgia it was an ugly win. McMahon said it so after the game. But mm-hmm. I think the bigger question or the bigger thing that we've learned is that they've 
figured out a way to win some of these close games and and they've been competitive like they've been competitive in a lot yeah. of these SEC games where maybe we didn't think that they they would be uh you know, it, it, you know a play here and a play there and you could be looking at a 3 or a 4 win conference team right now but they they did they they did they make those plays down the stretch and they've done a nice job i think here recently they've done a good job of making sure that it goes their way and making some plays down the stretch. So that's an encouraging sign. I, I do think that they can get into the NIT conversation. I, I'm not sure that they're in there right now as of this moment. Um, but, yeah. you know, you win two of your next three, three of your next three, uh, and I think you're in a very different conversation. You're looking at a 9-9, nine and 10-8 nine, and FTC team. I think that's – um, that's right there to be in the postseason picture. And, you know, that would obviously also mean you have some momentum going into the tournament as well in a couple of weeks here. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think it's been – you're in a lot better spot than you were a year ago at this time. And, and I, that yeah. credit to um, a lot of the players they brought in, but also uh, with what Matt McMahon's done as well. Exciting times. Basketball, college basketball, both on the men and women's side. Uh, women keep plugging along. And then uh, baseball, a lot of fun. And then spring football, uh, no better time to sign up or go 24-7. You can catch stuff from myself, Glenn West, and Sonny Ship as we, man, really ramp up this really fun time of the year and uh, get ready to roll into summer. And before you know it, Glenn, it'll be time to head to Dallas for SEC Media Days and roll into another college football season, which I know Glenn is pumped about going to Vegas. Glenn, am I, am I right in saying you got a fantasy football draft that you're kicking off in Vegas that weekend? We're still in plans. We're trying to get okay. the whole crew there to Vegas to kind of do like a – if anybody's seen The League, there's a show called yes. The League where they went to Vegas for one of the draft episodes. I think we're trying to ideally have something like that, but uh, still got a long ways to go in planning that out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Glenn West, my name is Bryce Good. Thanks so much for tuning in, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Give us a subscription, uh, follow there, and also hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well. Like the video. Let us know what you think below. We're going to have some questions. Glenn's going to highlight in an article. You can find that link down below. But also, too, what do you think? Let us know. We'll talk to you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast.